Jonathan Taylor has seven regular season games left in his career. Hopefully he has a Big Ten championship game left in his career and hopefully a bowl game or bowl game. So, I mean, we, we are on the final handful of games of, of Taylor's career. So you can start now having the discussion of where does he fit in the all-time great list. It, it, for most people, it, it certainly starts and it may end with Ron Dane. Um, you would have to throw in Monte Ball, who was a Heisman finalist and holds the NCAA record for touchdowns. Yep. And you have to throw in Melvin Gordon, who was a Heisman runner-up, uh, nearly set the single-season all-time rushing record, and for a week held the single-game record, but he is still the second-highest run total ever in a game. And then, obviously, Taylor, who could catch most, if not all, of these guys' records in three years. Now, Gordon, to his credit, only stayed the three years. Ball and Dane we're here all four. So if you put all four careers and for, for Taylor, a bit of this Ebo, you have to extrapolate out how this season ends because he still has a season left. I mean, right now, I don't know that I would pick Taylor over the three, but based on where I think he will finish this season, that's where you could say Taylor could be ahead of any of these three. So based on now versus look, if the pace he's on, he's going to, again, either win the Heisman or be right there. He'll be the nation's leader or close to it in rushing or touchdowns, and he'll go down as one of the statistically five or ten greatest running backs to ever play the game. So where it ends, um, I think, is how you decide on the vote who's the best Badger running back of all time, Dane Ball, Gordon, or Taylor. Yeah, so Taylor, 4,916 career rushing yards, third place. Monte Ball, 5,140 yards, second place. Ron Dane, 7,125 yards. That's insane. That's crazy. What is he, 96 to 99 for Dane? And then uh, Monte, 2009 to 2012. And Jonathan Taylor probably, what, done after this year, you say, right? I would definitely say he's done after this year. It's yeah. unbelievable. Um, I'm trying to find, I saw a side-by-side comparison through five weeks of football between uh, Jonathan Taylor and Ron Dane, and Taylor was leading in almost like every category for like on pace. So um, Jonathan Taylor is absolutely special and incredible. Do you think, I think he's going to pass Monte Ball. I mean, he's, what's the Monte Ball? For 5,140 yards, Taylor's at 4,916. Taylor will pass that, no problem. How do you? How in the hell do you get by Ron Dane though? Seven thousand one hundred and twenty-five. Well, that's the thing. But then again, to answer this question, and again, there's not a wrong answer here. We're talking about four all-timers, but you have to, in the case of Taylor this year and Gordon, you have to extrapolate what a fourth year would have been because Jonathan Taylor, as great as he is, he's not going to get. 3,000 more yards this season. (laughs) So Ron Dane's going to be the all-time leading rusher. Now, yards per season, yards per carry, touchdowns, he could make a run at it. And it's the same thing with Gordon. Like, Gordon didn't have the fourth year, so you can't compare apples to apple. Like, Monte Ball's 18th on the all-time rushing list. Dane's number one. I don't know that Taylor, and by the way, Gordon is 32 right now all-time. Taylor, 31. How crazy is that? In the history of college football, all the thousands of dudes have toted the mail. Right now, Melvin Gordon, 32nd all-time, 4,915 yards. Jonathan Taylor, 31st all-time, 4,916 yards. But to your question, you it's, I don't know how you handle Gordon and Taylor because they only have the three years. Right. Now, if Gordon had stayed a fourth year, 
tack on another 2,000 yards that he'd be at roughly 69. He'd be close to catching data. If, if Melvin Gordon would have played his senior year, he's probably one, two, or three all-time in rushing. If Jonathan Taylor came back next year, he destroys the all-time rushing record. Okay, does Melvin Gordon be more impressive, though, because he had to play alongside of Monte Ball and James White? Well, there's that, too. Um, but I mean, people forget, when Taylor got here a couple years ago, he was third string. Yeah. So uh, what he's had overcome, too. 608-321-1670 from one Taylor to a Terry. Terry, welcome to the Joe hey, Evo Show. Hey, guys, I'm on my way back from Minnesota. I just thought I'd let all in good topics today. I'm listening to you on the internet. So it's kind of cool boy. Don't you love that. the World Wide Web, Terry? Hey, you know what? We we may agree, we may disagree, but I've always said and always will say, guys, you guys are the number one sports talk show in the Midwest. Terry, kind of ever heard. nothing but love yes, for sir. you, brother, no matter what. Yep, I want you guys to throw that back at you. You know, just because we don't agree, don't mean we can't. Exactly. Uh, Absolutely. You know, yep. And you know, a good topic today. You know, um, you know, we're just going to have a little fun. You should have Taylor stay one more year, and maybe he could take a like. Was it Matt Leiter in USC? His senior year took had one class, creative dancing. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's literally what he had. He had a dance. He stayed a senior and took a dance class. You're 100 percent right. I wonder if he failed it. <laughs> well, his mobility in the pocket would say he probably did fail it. How, yeah. <laughs> How do you grade a dance class? Do they have a bunch of people in a circle? I don't know. I don't you know. know. But, you know, Wisconsin has some great running backs. But you know what, guys? In all general, I think you got to take your hat off to all the offensive linemen we sent to the NFL. And our offensive linemen have way outperformed our running backs in the NFL. Way outperformed them. You know, as much as I like um, the guy from San Diego, you know, let's face it, come December and January, he's nowhere around. These 210-pound backs take a hell of a beating in the NFL. You know, Dane probably had the best career. It wasn't he with the Giants. Didn't he have what they called the, um, him and Barber? I forget the name they used. The Sundance. Th- Thunder Dan and Lightning. Like that. Thunder and Lightning. Yeah. So, and I think Dane is still the all-time leading rusher in NFL history for a fullback. If I, if I remember right, maybe you guys could check on that for me. But I think Dane has had the best NFL career, even though it was somewhat short. Um, but the rest of them had a great – but let's give a pat on the back to our offensive linemen. I mean, how many of them have we sent to the NFL, starting from Dennis Lick all the way on throughout the years? Wisconsin is definitely a lineman state. A kind of walks 300-pound, you know, plus column in the offensive line again this year. You know, sometimes, guys, you got to take your hats off to the boys up front. Instead of the boys carrying the ball. That's right. No, that's a great thank you, Terry. I appreciate the kind words. Drive safe. Um, I mean, if you but here's the thing: two parts of what he said, Evo. Uh, yes, there's been more linemen that have performed in the NFL than running backs, and I would certainly say that the linemen at the at Wisconsin play a part in this. But for the purposes of this poll, it's just what they did in college, right? Like mm-hmm. to extrapolate, yeah, none of these. And, and Gordon probably, if he keeps on this, will will have a better NFL career than Dane. Right now, Dane probably has had the best NFL career as a running back. It wasn't like Hall of Fame worthy. It was a solid NFL career. But that's I, this is only their time at Wisconsin. I don't. If, if yeah. Jonathan Taylor never played one down in the NFL, I don't care for the purpose of this question. I'm just talking about while at Wisconsin. 
whose career was the most impressive now, when, can, it, when it will be all said and done. Wisconsin has always run the football and had, you know, beefcakes on the line. Like, that's what they're predicated on in a strong defense. Can you say, though, it's 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 more impressive now of how the college football and in the end, well, just, I guess, college football for this case, is it leaning more quarterback and wide receiver and the fact that Jonathan Taylor is able to do it in a in – a, you know, it's a good a, point. A climate where it's all geared towards the quarterback and the wide receiver that he's still able to do this. I still think it's more run first and pass in college, but to your point, it's a lot closer. Yeah. You know, 25, 30 years ago, it was probably 80 20 run versus pass. Now, you look at the 130 teams in college football, a lot of them run pro style offenses, run spread offenses. I mean, you never would have ever used that term. Uh, you know, before the 90s, you know, when, when people are starting to run the, the run and shoot and like Houston was like putting up like video game numbers in like the 80s and 90s, like before that time, nobody was throwing the ball. So, yeah, I mean, there's a there, there's some truth to that, that right now it's probably more it's still more run friendly in college than in the NFL, but it's certainly more pass oriented than it was 10, 20 Certainly 30, 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, like Tony Dorsett's second all-time in rushing yards. That was in 1976 was his last year. I'm sure Tony Dorsett was carrying the ball a hell of a lot more times than Jonathan Taylor or Melvin Gordon were when their careers so, were Ron, in Wisconsin. Uh, f- Jonathan Taylor has rushed for tw- what tw- uh, 27 100-yard games in his 32 games at UW. Ron Dane had 33 games of over 100 yards rushing, and he played in 50 games at UW. Right. And Taylor in four has, years. Yeah, Taylor has 27 out of 32 for 100 yards. Dane, 33 for 50 for over 100 yards rushing. Taylor, man, can he get it? How many games left this season? Uh, six, well, seven regular yeah, he, season. Plus, could he pass Dane in less time? I think he will because, you know, you also will count. He's never rushed against for 100 yards against Michigan State, but that's because I don't think he's played Michigan State, and he's never rushed for 100 over Ohio State. Um, you know, right now you have seven regular season games. I think at this point I would say Wisconsin's a huge favorite to play in the Big Ten Championship game. So there's eight games, and you're going to get at least one bowl game. We hope it's the college football playoff, then you could get two. So you have a minimum of eight games left. And, of course, now they count, you know, the bowl games. So, yeah, I mean – Taylor's got, a, barring an injury, he'll play in eight more games this year. You know, if you just say, if he just got 100 yards in those eight games, that puts him at 5,700 rushing yards. That would move him probably right around the top five of all-time running backs. Now, again, no one's catching Dane in any lifetime because just if you're that great, you're not staying four years anymore. So Ron Dane, you know, it's like our buddy Amon Green, who's with us every Friday. You know, no, no Packer running back. I mean, that 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 record of him being the all-time rusher. I mean, th- they'll be you know cockroaches and you know Amon Green's rushing record with the Packers because mm-hmm. no running back ever stays ten years at a team anymore. No. So it's the same thing with Dean. Like, if you're a great running back now, you're gonna get out of there as fast as you can and get to the NFL. So I don't know that you can measure it based on career yardage because no great running back will ever stay four years. So the, the only way Dane's record ever falls, if someone just goes completely bonkers and does that in three years, that means they'd have to rush for 2,500 yards in three and a season in three years. I mean, that that's insanity. Yeah. So I don't know that Ron, I mean, Ron Dane's record probably stands till the end of time because if you're that good of a running back, I mean, you should probably be able to leave in a year or two. I mean, they have to stay three, which is still crazy. But 
nobody's ever going to threaten that record. So wow. then you have to look well, at we it. Look at Monte and Melvin too. Well, now. then you got, I was just going to say. Then you got to bring in Melvin Gordon to the equation and Monte Ball. We have, we've been talking about yards. We haven't even scratched the surface on the touchdown. And don't you need to score to win? You do need to score. Monte Ball, the greatest scorer of the football in the history of football. All right, who's the best ever Badger fans? Who is the best Badger running back of all time? Jonathan Taylor, obviously reigniting that debate with what he's doing this season. Uh, skyrocketing up the Heisman uh, watch list every week. Now a viable contender. I didn't think he was going to be at the beginning of the season. I still am very skeptical that he will win it because it's usually the the best quarterback on the best team. And you'd have to think whichever team wins the college football playoff, if not named Wisconsin, that quarterback's going to get it. But every week that goes by, Evo, that he puts up more touchdowns and more rushing yards and moves up the you know the all-time list, it gives him more of a realistic shot. Mm-hmm. So he is now in the GOAT discussion. We've had three running backs before him that were in the GOAT discussion for their careers. Ron Dane is the all-time leading rusher. Uh, Monte Ball is a Heisman finalist uh, and for a time the all-time touchdown leader. And Melvin Gordon is the Heisman runner-up. Uh, nearly had the best single season in the history of the game. Which, by the way, can I just get this out there? Get it off your chest. So Melvin Gordon has the second greatest season in the history of college football as a running back. Only Barry Sanders, probably the greatest to ever play the game. Maybe Jim Brown, maybe Barry Sanders. He only missed Barry Sanders by less than 50 yards to have the greatest season in the history of college football for a running back. And Marcus freaking Mariota won the Heisman that year over Melvin Gordon, who had like an above average year for a quarterback. But Mel- Marcus Mariota did not have the second best season ever as a quarterback. Melvin Gordon basically had the second best season in 150 years that's been college football. But that's not good enough for a running back to win the Heisman Trophy. You think? See, that's where you talk about being cynical. Can Jonathan Taylor win it? Melvin Gordon literally had the second best season in history, and that wasn't good enough for the well, Heisman. See, Oregon goes to the national championship, right? And they have all their fanfare when it comes to their. That's when Oregon was like the the media darling because of all the different jerseys, and you had you know Mariota right. obviously, Chip Kelly, and that Chip crazy Kelly. Oh, offense. what kind of jersey are they going to unveil this week? You think if Melvin Gordon goes to any other you know top ten that's a great, school at the time, he wins the Heisman? It's an interesting concept. I bet you. I bet you what hurt him was being at Wisconsin because they weren't flashy enough for him. It's it's a great point with Mariota. Look at you, I mean, Chip Kelly. You have the all the uniforms coming out. Everyone's like beating off over Oregon and what j- color they're going to wear this week, and then you have that high flying offense of Melvin Gordon was in wasn't in the uh, what does the national media think of Wisconsin? Slow prodding. You know, they're just a bunch of fat guys from the Midwest. I bet you if he's on any other team, he wins the Heisman that year. And oh, by the way, Mariota's numbers he had that year were good. I mean, he led the nation in t- passing touchdowns. Pac twelve. It's not like he did it in the Pac, SEC. Pac-12. Well, I mean, come on, dude. The Pac-12 is by far and away the worst power five. I mean, if he had thrown for 38 touchdowns and rushed for 15, which he did there, which is pretty impressive. If he had did that in the SEC West, sure, go ahead and give him the Heisman. If he had did that in the Big Ten East, playing Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State, give him the Heisman. Sure. He did it in the Pac-12, playing Cal and Arizona State and Oregon State. Give me a break. I'm Melvin. still pretty salty over it. So, Maybe Melvin Gordon is like the sympathetic vote on this poll today. Yeah. 608-321-1670. Chad, welcome to the Joe and Ebo Show. 
Good morning, boys. What's good? What's good? What's up, brother? Not much. Hey, th- I, I I watched all four of those backs. I, I'm a year younger than Ron Dane. I think I told you I was roommates with Cece, Cece Boogie, Cecil Martin, his fullback. Oh, yeah. I saw that kid come in and just dominate. I watched Monty Ball when I was in, in law school, and then Melvin Gordon, obviously more recently, and now Jonathan Taylor. Uh, to me, <clears throat> there's no – Having seen all of them, pretty much watched every single game any of them have played, Melvin Gordon is the most dynamic out of that entire group. Um, that one season he had alone was so dominant. Plus, he had something that the other guys uh, do not have. He can catch the ball. And and so for me, if I had to pick one, and it's, you know, Wisconsin has an embarrassment of riches in the history of, of tailbacks, I'd start with Melvin. And, and then work my way with any of the other three after that. I think probably it'd go Melvin, Jonathan Taylor, Ron Dane, and then Monty Ball. That, that's my list. And I'm, I'm in Ron Dane's generation, and he's three on my list. Yeah, thank you, Chad. Thanks, Chad. I mean, I think, again, that tweet we read earlier, I think you can distinguish Ron Dane the most important. I don't think you can ever quantify, you know, you talk about pay for play or athletes getting paid or how much promotion. You can't ever monetize what Ron Dane meant to the University of Wisconsin, Wisconsin football, and the state of Wisconsin. So for that, I'll ever have a special place in my heart for him. But you can be a better running back, like I.E. Melvin Gordon or Jonathan Taylor, and a more And no one's taking away from Ron Dane. But Ron Dane's more important than anyone else. The question is, is Ron Dane on the field? Better than anybody well, is else. Melvin His, Gordon the most complete back, or is Jonathan? Taylor? Well, it's just he's Chad's right on the passing up until but, this year. Yeah, who's Have doing it watch, now for the yeah, passing? This game, year, Jonathan it's, Taylor. It's Jonathan Taylor. Six zero eight three two one sixteen seventy. Jeff, welcome to the Joe and Evo Show. Hey, fellas. You, you know we're we're still struggling with this reputation of of having system. Yeah. Running backs, and in, in which slightly comes from NFL performance of the backs that make it there. I people aren't looking at it close enough and hopefully guys like Taylor change that, but certainly, I mean, Dane didn't have the NFL career to match his NCAA career. And he was the most dominant running back. Yeah. And Jeff, you know, what's crazy is like James white of all the, the rings he's won and how well he's done with Tom Brady and the Patriots. He's like an afterthought. Yeah. And it's not like Calhoun never started in an NFL game. Calhoun doesn't have those injuries. He has a decent career. There aren't many years in the last, 27, almost 30, that we haven't had a back or two backs, or in some cases three or four backs when you take into account the fullback position in the NFL. Taylor, I would have agreed with the previous caller after the first two years of watching Taylor, and I thought it was top-end speed. Obviously, all they're talking about is the fact that he ran the 4 by 100, 100 in the spring, and that, that mattered. Um, yeah. he, he has always run over guys more than – Gordon needed to or could, and now he's now he's got both. And actually, if you look at some of the sides, some of the lateral movement this year, Taylor health being there is is going to put us on the map. But you watch, they'll put. I have friends at other Big Ten teams, and all they want to do is talk about Dobbins, and Dobbins oh. is dominant. But Taylor is right there, if not better. I, I'm, but it's a system back thing. And oh, by the way, last comment. Yep. Look at all these quarterbacks right now that are being talked about for Heisman. And look at all the quarterbacks other than Andrew Luck in the last 15 years. They're system quarterback. You're telling me Preach Sue it. is not a system quarterback. Preach it. Yeah, no, I mean, I'll be – th- thank you, uh, Jeff. Yep. Great points. I mean, uh, to his point, 
Uh, Manziel was a complete bust. I am fascinated to see, I mean, Baker Mayfield, one year and a couple of games, under-impressive. Kyler Murray, six games, okay. But you, you just the, the run on quarterbacks right, winning the, the Heisman have not been. I mean, yeah, if you want to say Wisconsin <laughs> running backs going to the NFL haven't produced, name me, yeah, go through the list of Heisman right, quarterbacks. We'll start right now, 2018. Me- Kyler Murray, jury's out. Baker Mayfield looked like turds last night. Jury's out though on him. Too early, but Lamar not, Jackson. Not... Oh man, that's... jury's out. But it's he's three. improving. He's I'll a great run. He's a great running back. I don't know if he's a good quarterback, but he's been bombing it on through the air though. Jury's out. Uh, Derrick Henry. Well, I'm just know. saying, give me the quarterback. Well, no, I'm give just going the... back. Yeah, okay, then 2014, Marcus Mariota stinks. Yeah, 20... he's about to become a backup. 2013, Jameis Winston about to become stinks. a backup. 2012, Johnny Manziel got banned from the CFL and the AAF before it folded. <laughs> Robert Griffin III is third string on the Ravens. Ravens. Cam Newton looks like a crazy woman from a farmer's market. <laughs> um, Sam Bradford, they call him Mr. Glass. Touchdown Jesus, Tim Tebow threw the ball at the ground so much because he's trying to hit the devil. Troy Smith, 2006. Like in the NFL for as long as Nelson did. Uh, 2004, Matt Leinart. Looks good in a booth commentating on games. So you have zero. Jason Paul- White, 2003. Oh, my God. He didn't even play in the NFL, yeah. did yeah. he? So you have none of those guys are making the Hall of Fame. Uh, unless Kyler Murray or Baker Mayfield just go beast out or Cam Newton can somehow resurrect his career, but I don't think that's happening. So the last 20 years of Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks, right, then none then are going to be a Hall of then Famer. Then let's look at running backs. Have they had better success? Derrick Henry. Average, average. NFL quarterback running um, Mark Ingram would be Mark Ingram. Jason White was not drafted in 2005 and didn't even receive a tryout. Wow! But he did wear Jinkos. Ooh, Jinko jeans! Shout out Nelly. There you go. You're coming around today now. So then, well, you can go 2005. They say he didn't play, but he did. Reggie Bush. Now that he had a good. I mean, he's also married Kim Kardashian for a minute. So I don't. What's he more popular for that or? For well, he's used to running through big holes. <laughs> Good career. He's a good player. Mark Ingram. He's not a Hall of Famer. Mark Ingram. Yeah, we said Mark Ingram. Another good player, not a Hall of Famer. The Heisman and the NFL don't mean I squat. would say I would say out of the running backs have won it over the past 20 years, they've had more success than the quarterbacks that have won it. That's a, you could that's an arguable point. I will give you that. And you're not far off on that. By the way, this just must you say everything in life is timing, but we say that all the time. How about this? I just said this tweeted at me from NFL Update. I don't know where the hell Update. that Twitter is. I don't know how they found me. <laughs> a good reminder that running backs can go anywhere. This is the after last night they were talking about. This, this is the 2017 NFL running back draft class. Tell me that, that this, this doesn't bode well for Jonathan Taylor or any other future running back. Leonard Fournette, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara, Kareem Hunt, James Conner, Tariq Cohn, Marlon Mack, Aaron Jones, Chris Carson, Austin Eckler, Matt Breida. And Breida and Eckler are undrafted, right? That's like 50% of the NFL running backs. Only two were first-round picks. Only four were in the first three rounds. That's half the starting running backs in the NFL including Christian McCaffrey, who is bonkers. Alvin Kamara is probably one of the three best running backs in the NFL. And Aaron Jones has gone bonkers this year for the Packers. I guess you don't need to really (laughs) care about when you get your running back. That's insane. That's the 2017 NFL draft class. So uh, we got a couple people tweeting in. Uh, Kevin Unomas says, I voted for Ball just because I loved watching him the most with Russell Wilson. 
even though Taylor is a cyborg from the future and Melvin Gordon was a dominant player, it's hard to say who is best. If Taylor wins the Heisman, then he will be the best. And uh, GB Relax says, hard to vote for JT until he's finished. It's Dane until we see the full resume for Taylor. Well, I asked this question, you guys, just before the break. Uh, and again, 608-321-1670. Uh, and another Rufus Ferguson nomination. <laughs> the Roadrunner getting some love. I asked you guys this before the break. I don't know if you gave it any thought or not. Can you be, because Dane's, you know, the, for the publicity, is the all-time number one. And Taylor right now is getting the publicity. So you look at the other two on this list uh, in in Gordon and Ball. And my question is, can you be underrated if you finish second or fourth in the Heisman? Is that possible? Because you, Dane gets so much of it and now Taylor's getting so much of it. And I gave you the numbers of Gordon's season and it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. Again, what Gordon did the year he finished second in the Heisman, he had the second best statistical season in the history of college football. Only the great Barry Sanders, and it was close. It was within like less than 100 yards to Gordon's season and ball at the time um, had the greatest season. And now, and and it's only been outdone by a run. And we use the term loosely to your point, Ebo, you were onto something. The only guy that's passed ball and touchdowns is the quarterback from Navy. But (laughs) if you're the quarterback for Navy, you're a glorified running back. So technically from a running back position, Monte ball still has the greatest season ever. For a scoring running back. I mean, you so score can you underrate win, right? though? Yeah. So if Ball had the greatest season ever for touchdowns and Gordon had maybe the second or first best season ever for running it for yards, should they be higher up for both of them? I think you can be underrated on that. I think for Gordon, who had the, you know, you're talking about right behind Barry Sanders, right? Well, Within 85 yards of being crazy. the greatest season of all time. I if he plays in the SEC he wins the he wins the Heisman. I completely agree with you. If he doesn't if he plays for Ohio State, if he plays for Ohio State, do you think I think if he had played for Ohio State he would have won it that year. Do you think if he plays too. for Penn State he wins it? Then I think you get into the then I think it gets close. Or like Michigan, Michigan or Ohio State or Penn I think State. Ohio I he State he would have won it. The fact that you were looked you were looked over and that goes that's and shame on national media for constantly looking over Wisconsin for special but that's, special that's things just like what that. we are. That's what it is. And that's you are underrated because when you play for Wisconsin and you do something like that and you don't get the recognition like you should. I mean, he was second, but he still was like, didn't didn't. It wasn't Mariota won in a landslide. It was, over it was it. the sec- it was the third biggest margin at the time. Now there've been it's bigger ones since. So, but yeah, at the underrated. time, it was one of the biggest blowouts. It's Not disrespectful. Only, yeah, I so, agree. You have like if you want to debate the merits of their season, fine. But to have it be nine out of ten voters voted for Mariota when Gordon had the second best season in the history of college football by a running back. To not even consider him being the Heisman Trophy winner is beyond disrespectful. So that's what I'm saying. Can you be? And same thing with Ball only finished fourth. He had 39 touchdowns. That's more than most teams get in a season. Dude himself had 39 touchdowns and finished fourth in the Heisman. And we haven't really talked about Ball at all much today when it comes to this Twitter poll. I mean, he's still in last, right? Yes. How much credit... Do you give to having the most touchdowns? That's, I mean, man, if he it was like the most touchdowns, but he had eight hundred yards rushing, it's one thing. But he had the the most touchdowns, and he still had a monster rushing total. I mean, he's top thirty in the history of college football yeah. in rushing. So that's where you know. But again, you look at the year Ball had it. RG three, 
of course, uh, you know, and then it was Andrew Luck. And then you did get Honey Badger in there, who was a non-running back. But, of course, 1-2 that year. Griffin the third, Andrew Luck, uh, Matthew finished third, and then Ball uh, finished fourth. By the way, Russell Wilson finished fifth that year. <laughs> Russ. I think it's, you know, I lean, I haven't voted yet in this one. I want to go Dane, but if you've got to kind of take away the nostalgic factor of it, I guess depending how old you are. Uh, for voting this poll, right? Someone voted in like, oh, everyone under 24 is voting for anyone not named Dane. Um, you got to get rid of the nostalgic factor of Ron Dane and what he means and what he did for the program and just look at it by numbers. But Ron Dane right. averaged 5.8 yards a carry. <laughs> That's pretty nuts. For a, and he never. there's no receiving touchdowns for Ron Dane. He literally just took the rock and he ran you nothing, over. Nothing and, for yeah. receiving. That's crazy. But um, then look at Melvin Gordon when you're in the likes of playing alongside of Monte Ball and James White. And who's Jonathan Taylor playing with that's taking t- reps from him? You know? Not many. I who's mean, taking reps from Melvin Gordon? Taylor. Ball. It's what Melvin Gordon did. Yeah. Is insane. And he had and to sit and he had to wait his turn behind James. Like yeah, and Gordon had to wait his turn behind not only Monte Ball, but James White. Um, I mean, that's crazy that Gordon, you know, yeah, had had Gordon been playing now. If he was Jonathan, if you flip-flop Taylor and Gordon, you'd have to think Gordon would have been clearly like Taylor and he would have started from day one, week one of his freshman year. And right now, Gordon through three years would be chasing a lot of NCAA rushing So you got Gordon telling Iowa to F off, which is hilarious. I love that. But you have Jonathan Taylor. I'm just looking at the story here. Jonathan Taylor is buried on the depth chart. We didn't even know who, no one even knew who he knew who he was. Knew who he was when they opened camp. And all of a sudden, here he is. You're like, my God. Well, think about guy. that. The hype around Graham Mertz, which a guy like me bought in new as a true freshman, and I thought he would start. Jonathan Taylor wasn't even listed. You know, we were debating should Graham Mertz be the first or second quarterback. Jonathan Taylor wasn't even listed as a <laughs> running back when he got here. He was so far down the depth chart. They didn't even know what position he'd play and if he'd redshirt or when he'd play. And to do what he's done is crazy. Remember, what wasn't RJ went to that alum? Like, they invited the alums over, and then they go and – and watch practice like a closed practice, and RJ's like, dude, and he hit us up. He's like, this Jonathan Taylor guy, I think he's, I think he's gonna be the, the starter. Here we are. Yeah, Taylor's hasn't looked back since. Jonathan Taylor is the best of these four, and it's not a doubt in my mind. I just go through it like this: Who's the fastest of them all? Taylor. 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 Who has the best vision? Mm. I think it's arguable. You could probably vote any of them. And I mean, yeah, they all were so good. Who can the catch the field. ball the best out of the backfield right now in college? Taylor Gordon, close, but Taylor. Taylor's he's pulling away I with think it right now. I think it's Taylor too. Who had the better offensive lines? Taylor's fell flat yeah, on his face last year. I mean, Biotich is going to be yeah, a first true. round draft pick, but Melvin Gordon, Gordon. Gordon had a. I mean, his that, line was Gordon's insanely li- good. His line are the five highest paid linemen in the NFL right now. What he? I mean, Gordon's line was the greatest line maybe ever in college football. Yeah. So there is that. That's in a my, great point. My, and Jonathan Taylor is on pace for six thousand yards in three years. And look at that line last year from going to the cover of Sports Illustrated to getting all, every single one of them. They benched got benched. The yeah. So that's a good point. Taylor does not have. Though, I mean, now he's good. Biotic is a superstar, but that's one. Gordon, Ball, Dane, especially Gordon and Ball, those lines in the mid to late 2000s were ridiculous how exa- good they exactly. were. Exactly, and then you can even look at this, too. People say, well, Melvin Gordon had a full backfield back there while he was there. Yeah, but that means they also have to game plan for him. 
Who was Jonathan Taylor? Yeah, that's Who fair too. Who was the too. other weapons on the team last year when they ran the ball 90 times, it felt like, against <laughs> Purdue when they had 10 guys in the box? Yeah. So, Nelson, you're making some good, very well. You've, you've clearly been doing some, putting some thought behind this. Uh, I'm impressed. By the way, uh, Monte Ball on that Heisman year, somebody asked the number on Twitter. 39 touchdowns, 1,923 rushing yards. Trent Richardson actually tied him for fourth. Trent Richardson, Trent Richardson. Think about this. Well, to, to your point, Ebo, if Gordon had played for a bigger school, Monte Ball had 18 more touchdowns and 300 more rushing yards, yet Richardson had more votes for the Heisman. Lame. Always happy to have you, Bernie, on the show, but today, very significant for your appearance because we put the uh, the poll up. We've been waiting for a couple weeks, and Ebo and I agree that Now's the time to do it, and that's the the GOAT debate with Badger running backs. So out of the four, Taylor, Gordon, Ball, Dane, uh, you kind of overlap some of those careers. You've certainly been around the program for many years. Does Matt Bernstein have a vote on the GOAT of those four? So I have a vote. I also think if JT comes around and sticks around, he'll be that guy. But I, I still think it's so hard to – like Ron Dane was just so special. I mean, don't take anything away from JT, but Ron Dane did this like in the late 90s. He was a huge guy who ran, like, how many backs do you see now who are like 270 pounds and running a 4 5? There's not many yeah. of those guys. <laughs> None. Right? And I, I, he was just so eclectic. Like, I don't know. I just love watching his film. It's so awesome. Like, it, I don't know. It, he's a special dude. I have to go with him until somebody really takes it from him. I will say this, Bernie, to your point, and uh, you can certainly speak to it, but I was at the Hawaii game. I think it was Dane's freshman year, so 1996. Badgers get the opening kickoff. First play of the game, Dane rips off an 80-yard run. Now, this is Hawaii. It's November. It's humidity. It's muggy. It's sticky. It's hot. He's a big dude, so that's probably a load. He rolls off an 80-yard run on the first play of the game. Guess what? Holding. Plays brought back. They run the exact same play from the 10, 90-yard touchdown. It's the, it's the greatest feat in sports I think I've ever seen. He ran the, and he ran faster the second time around. Yeah, I mean, that, look, that dude is one of the most special football players in college. Um, and what he did for Wisconsin, he, you know, he put us on the map. Same with Barry. Um, but I, I think he's, he, until I see something absurd, JT's on his way, don't get me wrong, but Ron Dane was just that guy. Now, Bernie, uh, JT, five touchdowns against Kent State, uh, Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week award. Do you tip your cap to him, or do you be like, man, that's Kent State. You just ran five touchdowns against the worst rush defense in the land, and it's, let me reiterate, Kent State. You know, I tip my cap to him. He's still making those cuts. He's still reading the backs. Like His play doesn't diminish no matter who the opponent is. You know, like, what, when they came out in the second half, I was like, why is he in? Touchdown. First play, touchdown. <laughs> you know, just, like, still, those dudes are college athletes, and they're still college football players, and they can't tackle them. So, you know, he looked a little Ron Dane-esque on that play. Guys all trying to go for his legs, and he just was jumping out of them. Hey, in the locker room, if, any, if anyone ever talks smack about Dane in any way, would they, would, like, someone come running in and say, don't you say that, he's Dane! No, yeah, it was Barry, yeah. <laughs> Coach Alvarez. No, nobody, nobody talked. The best was when we wanted to get out of like watching bad film. We'd be like, "Hey, Coach White, 
can you throw on that Dane clip that you always have? <laughs> it's like when the substitute teacher rolls Dane. in a movie for movie day. It's like, it's like, hey, can we get that yeah. Dane tape back in? Yeah. Hey, Coach, uh, you know I missed like six blocks in a row at practice. Hey, you want to throw that Dane in? Let's just watch that for a little while. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Visiting with former Badger fullback Matt Bernstein. So take us back, you know, when you're getting recruited, you know, as a fullback running back, and, you know, after Dane had – it did what he done, and there were great running backs before him and great after him. You know, at the time, I think it was certainly he was the best. But I mean, was was that the only choice you had? I mean, as a running back, was it? And I gotta go to Wisconsin. Was it? You know, seeing what Dane and these backs had done. I mean, what was the decision like for you to make it to come here? I mean, decision was easy. Uh, you just, you know, for me, it was Wisconsin was going to allow me to play fullback. It's a position I wanted to be to play. Syracuse asked me to play defensive end. I've never played defensive end in any, well, I guess in like sixth grade when I had the double X helmet, I had to play one position only because you're the fattest dude on the field. But, um, and that was the truth. A double X helmet. Do you know what that does to your, to your confidence? Well, you got a big head, Bernie. Uh, I, yeah. <laughs> oh man, I was a fat little kid. Um, they almost made me play with the fifth graders. <laughs> when I was in fourth grade, they almost made me play with the fifth graders because I was well, too heavy. Bernie, well, you were the kid that started weigh-ins for Pee Wee football. Before you, they didn't have weigh-ins. They're like, we got to weigh this dude in. Yeah, ex- no, exactly. In fourth grade, I had to go down to my tidy whities. Aren't with you in my the? Dad. Aren't, are you in the? Are you in the Jewish Hall of Fame in New York? Yeah, yeah. How, the Jewish Hall of Fame is in New York, but it's. I think it's national. Oh, really? Is so that, I'm, dude, yeah. Hell yeah. Well, there's only one Hebrew oh, yeah. hammer. Duh. It's like saying, should Babe Ruth be in the Baseball Hall of Fame, Bernie? Come on. <laughs> what, was it, what was it like when they recruited you for Wisconsin? Like, what'd they do? What was it, I mean, well, so my favorite one, if you, it, it, for, there was nothing better. Like, I came out, I went to camp when that was when it's still at the seminary, when I thought, this, I thought that was so cool. Like, oh, you're at camp, and it's away, and it's great. It was when I went, and then you go to camp, it's the worst. There's no AC. Like, you, you, find, you see all these bad things. But when you're... Before, you know, I, I met Anthony Davis, who's a New Jersey guy. So you automatically feel comfortable because most of the backs, Ron Dane, AD, these dudes, you know, Jerome Pettis was from Long Island. Yeah. So I felt comfortable immediately. Um, they were going to let me play fullback. And then I was legitimately at the, uh, the what's it called, uh, the terrace with a, drinking a beer with my dad. You know, my mom and my brother all were all drinking. And uh, my, my brother's like, hey, listen, man, I'm going here. If you don't want to go here, I'm going to do it anyway. And I was like, okay, cool. Then I'll just go here. Like, this is an easy decision. Wait, so you went because your brother um, went? Oh, well, he, he was he's like, I'm going to go here dad. no matter what. Oh, yeah. It got yeah. you. Okay. Yeah. Did you look up how many bars per like person were per capita over here or something? It's like, yep, that's the spot. Oh, my God. That, that um, statistic is hilarious, by the way. What is it? It's like if you look it up, it's like it's like uh, uh, there's a bar for like every ten people in the state. Yeah, there's more bars than churches, like convenience stores. Bernie. Like we we have per capita more bars than like places to worship. Well, what, when you're walking around New York and stuff, aren't there a bunch of bars everywhere? There's a bunch of bars everywhere, but nothing as awesome as Madison or Wisconsin. So don't get me wrong, I'm a New Yorker at heart, and I I love it here, but Wisconsin is the best place in the world. So on like you're an official visit, what'd they do? Did they like did they like wine and dine ya or N A grape juice and dine ya? No, because it it was it was pre so I it wasn't my official visit. Oh, it was my okay, pre official. Yeah. So we had to pay for everything. Um 
but yeah, but I mean, that's, you know, they still, we, I still ate lunch, you know, out at the seminary and met all the dudes. Sure. Like it was cool to watch practice. You know, I don't know what's going on. And also my flight was canceled from at one o'clock in the morning. So we slept in the airport parking lot. <laughs> so when Syracuse, at 6 we got on the flight. When Syracuse was recruiting you, what were they saying? Yeah, hey, we want you to play DN. Well, I went to their camp and they took me out of my room at 11 o'clock to meet with the coach. And he's like, listen, we want to give you a scholarship to come here and play defensive end. And my dad is a genius. He goes, do not accept the scholarship. Say, you have to talk to your parents. Because for me, as like a kid, I probably would have said, yeah, I'm in. Where do I sign? <laughs> yeah. So my dad's like, don't do it. And then uh, like a day later, I got a, a letter from Wisconsin saying, we want you to come here and play fullback. You know, and then it was, let's get on the plane quick. Because, you know, at this point, this is when fullbacks, you know, they, that's one position. They have one slot. Mm-hmm. The second you say, oh, let me think about it, they're on to the next guy. So my dad's like, well, you got to make this decision as fast as possible. Um, and I think that's when he was calling Penn State and, like, UConn and all these other places. UConn said I would never be a good high, uh, college football player. So thank you, UConn. I don't need you. I didn't need that. Um, and even Joe out well. yeah, do they even have a team anymore? I think Jesus. that worked out well for you. I have Barney. no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what? It worked out perfectly. I went to the place I was supposed to be at. Um, Bernie, real yeah, quick, now I'm just, we have a thing called Conspiracy yeah. Theory Friday. You shunning UConn is the reason why their program stinks so bad now. That is a conspiracy theory that I buy into. <laughs> I completely agree. I do, I'm the reason that UConn has no program. Yeah. We figured it out. Hell yeah. There you go. Visiting with our, <laughs> our guy, Matt Bernstein. Okay, uh, final thought on the run. Then we want to look ahead to this this week, Bernie. You talk about when, when you played and, and the era was different. And we were talking about this. Does it make it different for Taylor now? Because, you know, 20, 30 years ago, most teams were run first. You know, there were a handful of teams that were passing. You look at the landscape of college football and you go to teams like the Big 12 and Pac-12 where they have quarterbacks that are throwing for four or 500 yards a game. Uh, how rare was that, you know, when you were recruited here? And does it should we factor that in, you know, when looking at the best of all time versus, you know, how different the game maybe was played 20 years ago than it is now? Yeah, I mean, look, when Ron Dane was here, it was ground and pound, third and 30. It was still give it to Dane to see what happens. Um, I think the game has changed. But, I mean, Wisconsin's still pretty solidly, like, run first, pass after. I just love that JT now is an option. Um, you know, you we have too many weapons on offense now. You really have to game plan and work hard on defense. And then, not only that, our defense is outstanding this year. you got to really be prepared for them. We almost scored again. Mm-hmm. Number 45, fullback's brother. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, too, but he is a fullback's brother right now. Yeah, for sure. Oh, Bernie, man. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> JT is, I mean, what, it, what do you guys think? He should be the Heisman Trophy winner for sure. Well, that's what we were, we were talking about. We're looking at some of the, the numbers and, you know, like Melvin oh, Gordon. Now it's a quarterback. Right. It's all, if you're a quarterback, like you're like a, a quarterback. Shooter. Well, Bernie, Mel, I don't know if you remember this or not or recall it. Melvin Gordon, the year he finished second, he had the second greatest season in the history of college football for a running back. Only Barry Sanders had a better year, and it was actually within oh. 100 yards. And that wasn't even good enough to win the Heisman. So, like, to that point, what would Jonathan Taylor have to do this year to legitimately have a shot to unseat the top quarterbacks? I, I don't know why it's become such a quarterback-heavy trophy, um, but I think he'd have to get us to the playoffs. You know, I, I think a player like him 
and a team like we have, I think if he can get us to the playoffs, first off, having a five-touchdown game, you know, game is amazing. But if we start losing some games, you know, that's Heisman. To win a Heisman, you have to go almost undefeated. I mean, if you look back, almost every team has gone one loss or no losses. So I would love to see, you know, them finish the season. Michigan State, we have a tough, tough schedule to, to finish. But if we win the Big Ten, I don't see how he could not be there. Hey, uh, you mentioned Michigan State. I'm sure you have some some positive or negative or both memories. I mean, when you guys go back to the days you were playing, you know, it's kind of the, the start, you know, it was the dawn of divisions, and there was a lot of Wisconsin Big Ten uh, or Michigan State games deciding it. What what are what, Give us a big uh, memory or two from uh, the Badgers-Sparty <laughs> rivalry when you played. You want, a, you want a fun memory? I had one yes. tackle. My only tackle in my career was against Michigan State in 2003. How'd yeah. that one come to be? Uh, I was on the punt team. It was great. I actually don't even know if it stands because I think it was a penalty and we had to re-kick. Did you light him up? I'm still going to go with, yeah, dude, I cut this guy's legs out real hard. It was great. <laughs> and I got up and I was talking smack to everyone on the Michigan State sideline. Gotta be. Oh, and real quick, Bernie, I saw uh, the Raiders beat the Bears in London. Alec Ingold had like a massive oh, block yeah. and it was one of the reasons why the Raiders scored. And Twitter went nuts. Talking about yeah. fullback city in in Wisconsin here, and how Alec Engel's the best fullback in the uh, in the NFL. So I figured you'd like that. You saw it. He he jumped over the line, and then the the, the back followed him. Oh, so pretty. Yeah, that you know that guy is awesome. I'm just so pumped. Um, you need to go man, like the Green fullback. Bay and be a fullback specialist with Danny Vitali or whatever. No, that guy's awesome too. I just love I love I love the fullbacks, man. Do you see the guy from um, San Francisco? That dude is the highest paid fullback. He does everything. <laughs> fullbacks I, are underrated, yeah. Bernie. You, you just were, you, you, you know, your, your star burned uh, burned too bright. Hey, Bernie. Hey, speaking of this weekend, homecoming, <laughs> does either Bat Bernstein or Matt Bernstein make an appearance? A lot of people want to know after your triumphant performance at the Michigan game a few weeks ago, uh, will you be back for homecoming? So I will be in Vegas. Oh, oh yeah, because right. you had your bachelor the party. Vegas bachelor party. So it, I'm hoping what the game's got to be what like well, I assume March, ten to, in the morning. I assume when you're in Vegas, you'll be drinking like you're in Wisconsin. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna hopefully be drinking like I'm in Wisconsin. Well, hopefully not. Actually, I drink more in Wisconsin than I. That's probably what do in I'm Vegas. saying. Because you're gonna party, super party. Oh God! Yeah, they Don't got it wrong, me. Bernie. I still it's, got a fast tomorrow. It's not what happens oh. in Vegas stays in Vegas. It's what happens in Madison stays in Madison. Vegas yeah, was late to the party. Me, I know. On that. It's because he can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I, oh, I know. I know. I know how it goes. Well, hey, have a safe trip. Uh, thanks. Fun, good, good insight today, my brother. We'll do it again next week. Thanks, fellas. Love you guys. See you there he is, uh, former Badger Matt Bernstein. I mean, look, he followed up dude. Ron Dane. Tough for I, I get it. Uh, tough for him not to, to vote Dane uh, in this poll. <laughs> All right, so the Packer injury report comes out yesterday, and good news pretty much across the board. doesn't look like anybody's going to be gone for any period of time. The biggest one, obviously, is Darnell Savage Jr., in my opinion, because of what it looked like, I thought it was a snapped ankle or a torn ligament. When when you get rolled up like that, I mean, that's the Rodgers injury from week one last year where I, I don't know how he didn't you know end his season again. So thank God Darnell Savage Jr. isn't out. Now, he may be out Monday night, but here's my question to both you guys. Obviously, we're moving the obvious, which is Aaron Rodgers. What player 
can they not afford to lose on Monday night? And the reason I ask it is twofold Hmm. because you have seen a lot of injuries. But secondly, I probably would have said before Sunday, Devontae Adams. But they just won a game on the road as a significant underdog without their far and away best receiver. So I don't think you can no longer say outside of Aaron Rodgers, who's the one player you can't afford to lose. Cause I would have said Devonte Adams on Sunday and they just won a game without Devonte Adams. So mm. who's, who do you move to the list now? Zadarius Smith. That, that's a good choice. Preston Smith, the Smith bro. I was going to go with Kenny Clark. Yeah. He's a beast. Just because not only can he rush the passer as a defensive tackle, but he also so key in that run game, and we already know the defensive run game for the Packers is not the greatest. If you take out the best player there, it might really kill you. Hey, Kenny Clark is a linchpin of that defense. Well, speaking of running, the other one I thought of, how about our running? How about Aaron Jones? If the Packers lose Aaron Jones for a game or games, are they done? I mean, if Aaron Rodgers has 200 yards and no touchdowns, they don't win on Sunday without Aaron Jones. Is Aaron Jones now more important to the offense than anyone outside of Aaron Rodgers? You know, go back to that Broncos. Go back to some of the games of Aaron Jones. He's at like 20 yards, but he's had two touchdowns, but that's because of the defense put him in the position to do it with the turnover. And Trey Carson looked pretty serviceable. Dude, what's up with Dexter Williams, Which makes no sense why Dexter Williams is on the roster. You keep him, but you don't play him. You elevate the practice squad guy. Over the guy that was already on the roster. Yeah, bizarre. But you play the practice squad guy. Okay. Is Jamal Williams, has he been cleared yet to he come back? He has not been cleared. Um, it's it's got to be, I don't, Aaron Jones, you could make the case, but when you look at all his other games, what has he done besides getting the end zone because of good field position because of the defense? Uh, put an open ender out there. I want to know uh, who besides Aaron Rodgers is the one player the Packers can least afford to lose going forward. Because again, I, I mean, could you say Jair Alexander? But he got torched by Amari Cooper. I mean, but he still was ball hawking. He still was. Uh, I think yeah. I think I'd have to go with someone on the trenches, either Kenny Clark or Bakhtiari. I was just going to say, how about trenches on the other side? You saw him. I mean, Bulaga left the game for a bit. They were able to overcome that. Obviously, you lose Lindsley. They were overcome that. Would would Bakhtiari be the one injury on the O line? That if you lost him, that it would you know it'd be a domino effect on the whole offense because the Packers' offensive line has been pretty good. Rodgers only got sacked one time, and the only sack was he basically gave himself up to keep the clock running. So the Packers are pretty flexible at center and guard, where they have multiple players that can play multiple positions, and obviously the right tackle Rodgers can see that coming in his face. Yeah, Oof. Bakhtiari goes out. Yikes! All right, six zero eight three two one sixteen seventy. Outside of Aaron Rodgers, who's the most important player that the Packers cannot lose to an injury this season? Um, Because would you guys agree that you could have made a strong argument that it would be Devontae Adams? And maybe it still is, but they just won a game against a team that everybody thought was one of the best teams in the NFL in their building without Devontae Adams. So the, the, the precedent's been set that the Packers can win a game without Devontae Adams. So if for some reason he can't, get cleared by Monday night, as bad as that would hurt their offense, you'd still have to say they can win because this game they're a five-point favorite. Last game they were a four-point underdog, and they still won. So can you make the argument that Devontae Adams is the second most important Packer on this roster if they just won a game without him? Well, they they desperately need Devontae Adams. I don't know if you can continue to do that without Devontae Adams. Rodgers... Was, was that a fluke two, that they would you that two hundred and some yards, no touchdowns? Jimmy Graham is the only guy that had the you know the most action, and that's Jimmy Graham. They obviously don't have a number two. 
They don't have a number three. Who is even a wide receiver worth a damn for the Green Bay Packers? Nobody. I still think Mark Presvaldis-Gelling's decent. Geronimo Ellison and Jake Kummerl, I mean, they're, they're, they're lucky to be on the roster, honestly. I, I think it potentially could be Mark Presvaldis-Gelling, but he had a really good opportunity to prove that against the Cowboys, and he didn't. But why would you go away from what was working in Aaron Jones? Yeah, you're you know? probably not going to win many more games when you have, what, four completed passes to receivers? Yeah, it was insane of how the how the Packers were able to win that game, especially with the Cowboys okay. putting them before 500 yards off. So is the answer then, you go right back to where we started, is the answer Devontae Adams. And that last week wasn't the norm. It was an aberration, and it was an outlier. And, yeah, you could maybe escape one week without Adams because Aaron Jones had the game of his life. But if you didn't have Devontae Adams for four game, the next four games, the Packers aren't winning but a couple of them. Like, is it you can squeak away with one game like, the stars aligned, but the answer is still Devon, outside of Rodgers. Devontae Adams is the most important guy on this team. I mean, let's say everything's the same um, from that game against the Cowboys, but Devontae Adams has a, his 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 what does he do? It's the Eagles. Thirteen attempts for twenty-one yards and one touchdown. Packers are getting blown out of the water. Very well, could have been. I mean, I, I part of it's on Rodgers and the offensive play calling, but part of it's they just are so devoid of talent at the wide receiver position. I don't know how you would consider playing. Like, if that was a season-ending injury for Adams, I'd have concerns. Go get Emmanuel Sanders or... Well, I think they're going to, but, you know, your point's well taken if you lose Adams. I just, I wonder right now, Packer fans, because it's kind of it's kind of confusing, right? What did everybody all week from local media to our experts to ex-players all say? <laughs> they lost Devontae Adams. They're not going to win this game. They have no offense. Well, they won the game. Now, I agree. It was kind of a fluke. They they didn't win the game because of throwing the football. They ran the game because of running the football and turnovers. So, can they beat the Lions without Devontae Adams on Monday night? Would it be David Bakhtiari? You said Zadarius Smith. I don't know how you get those pressures on the quarterback. That dude's unblockable. Well, you're Who, supposed to have a stud first-round draft pick. <laughs> that's how good he I mean, yeah. I mean, hey, don't even get me started. Contradiction. Dude, if Gary went down, it's a lost season. Don't even bring that look one up, that Nelson. that contradiction. You've seen the Packer injury report down this this week. A, a bit of a sigh of relief. Uh, I mean, it, the Lions game with a full roster, Ebo apparently now is a tough game. If you don't have guys like Darnell Savage and some of the other guys that left the game, uh, Corey Lindsley, that makes it more Kevin difficult. King. Um, Kevin King, right? But the question is, for a totality of a season or multiple games, who would be the one player after Aaron Rodgers that you'd say, now we're in some trouble? I would have thought up until Sunday – it would be Devonte Adams. I think I I I have been on the again. Not that Aaron Rodgers at times can play better, but I think sometimes you got to look at what you got. And the Packer offensive skill players are pretty weak sauce outside of Jones and, and Adams. And you take away your best wide receiver, and it kind of played out right. Like the receivers did nothing on Sunday, yet they still found a way to win. So can you still say, Packer fans, that Devontae Adams is the second most valuable Packer if they won a game without him? Or is the comeback like we were saying? Yeah, but that's kind of an outlier. Like, give it 10 games, you know, give it four weeks, six weeks, and see what their record is without Adams. You can always pull out one win, but it's still Adams. Or would you now change your opinion based on them winning a game without Devontae I think that game was just an outlier. If if Adams continues to be out, the Packers were literally a one-trick pony on offense against the Dallas Cowboys, and Jason Garrett couldn't stop it. You know, 
I think other NFL teams are already looking at it. Like the Lions are probably looking at the Packers in their tape right now. They ran Aaron Jones and ran him until he couldn't run anymore. Correct. And what else did they do? Nothing. Nothing. Aaron Rodgers hit a couple of timely passes. Like the one Robert Tanyan pass, he got hurt. So what are they game planning for to stop Aaron Jones? If you don't have Devontae Adams and you saw Aaron Rodgers on that offense struggle without a Devontae Adams, there's no way they win the game again because they're going to stop Aaron Jones. That's what the NFL does. They game plan for yeah, you. Yeah, and, and, and the comeback to that is, look, Matt LaFleur is a, hopefully a competent coach, and then he will scheme to get Aaron Jones off again yeah, on Monday night. quarter. But your point is well taken. I think it would be – I would be stunned – if Aaron Jones has the game he had last week. So then the question then becomes, it falls back to the uh, to the passing game and to your question of if Devontae Adams is still the most important entity outside of Rodgers, if you're going to stop, if you're the Lions now and you're Matt Patricia, who's a defensive guy, says, well, we just got to eliminate the run. Now you're somewhat daring a two-time MVP to beat you. But again, if the if the talent isn't there and Adams doesn't play Monday night, and the Lions now stop Aaron Jones. That's a lot of what ifs, but if it happens, are the Packers screwed? So then we get back to the answer is, of course, Devontae Adams. Or the reason this Packer team is more four and one than anything else would be the defense, not the offense. So you got to look on the defensive side of the football. The, the, you know, it's, you know, Jair Alexander, it's Kenny Clark, or it's Zadarius Smith. Those are the three best players, I think, on defense for the Packers. You got to pick one of those three. Because this team is winning because of its defense. If you remove one of its best defensive players, it's going to take a Isn't hit. Isn't that so crazy? This team's winning because of its defense. If they gave up over 500 yards to the Dallas Cowboys in a win. Isn't that crazy? They're winning because of your defense, but yeah. you gave up, was it 568 yards to the Dallas yeah. Cowboys? That's wild. So who's the most, if, if, and I'm not saying it is defense, but if it is defense, who's the most important player on the Packer defense right now? Nelson, or you said Kenny Clark? Kenny Clark, in my opinion, he is that linchpin. Zadarius, Smith. I gotta say, I was gonna say, I gotta say, Zadarius. Kenny Clark's not a wrong answer, but a really good answer. Zadarius Smith, it's gotta be. What do you think about Blake Martinez? I think he's, I think he's a tackling machine. Yeah. I think he's, he's the modern version of AJ Hawk. I mean, I'm uh, not saying, I'm not saying he would be the reason why the Packers like you would need him, but there, a lot of people hate on Blake Martinez. I don't get it. So it's because he's not a he's not a pro bowler. He's a nice player. He's not a pro bowler. Yeah. He's a he's a he's like a AJ he's a grinder. Hawk. He's a he's if he the only difference between him and AJ Hawk is he was picked in the fourth round and AJ Hawk was the fifth overall pick. So that the one only, guy's career is solid. One guy's a bust. It's the exact same career. And if you want to go even more than that, the only differences between him and an all pro is he doesn't run a four four or four yeah. five. Yeah, he's just he's not quite fast enough to cover these backs now, and tight ends. He is important because he's the he's really been the only starter. You did get Oren Burks back, but you lost BJ Goodson. So they have like hardly any healthy inside linebackers. That being said, you know, I love Blake Martinez. Many years we did the show with him here, but I can't put him as important as Kenny Clark, no, Jai no, Alexander, no. or or Zadarius Smith. I mean the pack pack some I'm trying to think of somebody on offense. It's gotta be Bakhtiari. This, or, yeah, well, unless you want to consider Yari. Jones based on if there's days where Aaron Rodgers and but and they've the won Pack- games where Jones rushed for t- 20 yards. True. Know? The Packers' offense is so it's bizarre. Weird. It's 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 if Jekyll you, and Hyde. You are like world beaters in the first quarter, and then you sit on a lead for three extra three more quarters and and hope and pray that you don't lose the game. The Packers' offense is a mess after the second. It sounds quarter. like an offense that I've watched with Green Bay for a while. Just Which side? N- it's not criticized as much, though. 
Well, of I, I mean, because McCarthy, had, I mean, you're, you're, you're McCarthy would draw stuff up and they would get up to leads and they'd do the exact same thing. Well, yeah, I mean, Matt, but that, they that, can't even sustain a drive in the second quarter, the third quarter, or the fourth quarter. It's, yeah, just, it's an mean, all bitch fest on the sidelines for some time to come to the fourth, and then you're like, all right, hopefully the defense can get an interception. I just don't think Lafleur is great at making in-game changes. Well, he hasn't been yet. I mean, the guy's four and one. Let's not kill him, but I mean, yes. And he, he, to his credit, he's admitted he's like, dude, I need to get better in the second half. Like, yeah, they haven't. They have been outplayed every second half. It's, you can't debate that. I mean, even then in the wins. I mean, they beat the they beat the Cowboys. They beat the Vikings. They beat the the Broncos. All three of those wins, the other team played massively better than the Packers They're in the second half. They're four and one half. because of their defense. Well, and their first halves. They start great. First quarter. Um, they start great, and their defense does enough to keep them in it. Like, yes, they have lost every second half this season. It, I mean, that's, that's it's just factual. Yeah. So will that eventually catch up to them? Perhaps. Um, but again, for the purposes of this discussion, when you see a game last week where they did get wiped out by injuries – Yet they still won the game. What would be the one where you look at it if, if Monday night? I, you know, I'm, I'm a little concerned about this Lions game. They're coming off a bye week. They're probably going to have no players out. Whereas who knows how many players the Packers will have out? And the Lions should be, you know, undefeated. Their only loss was to the to the Chiefs by four points, and partially the refs, partially just bizarre plays at the end. The Lions could come into this game undefeated. So who would be the guy if 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 he doesn't get clearance by Monday night, or if the, it's the first play on offense, if this guy goes down, or if the Packers defense start and this guy goes down, you say, good luck winning this game now with this guy not on the field. Do you really think Zadarius Smith is in that top three? It's This is like for defense I mean, 101. He's like the heart and soul like, of the defense. Well, but it's do you, start, them. do you start up front, and if you don't have a great line, you can't rush the quarterback, and then you can't have time in the secondary. I think your Kenny Clark answer is spot on. I, I'm just, I, I'm just a, curious because if you think Zadarius Smith is that high, I'd like to thank you for validating my point that Rashawn Gary stinks. Oh, so this is, has nothing to do oh, with you. You, were just, you just wanted to get in on a Gary yeah, shot. Yeah, exactly. Because, okay, it, your biggest loss it's, means his backup it's, it's, is nowhere near as good as him. Like so if Zadarius Smith is out, his backup matters. is Rashawn Gary, a 12th overall pick who's supposed to be a game changer at 12. <laughs> we're asking who's the boy, and then Nelson turns it into a Rashawn Gary bitch well, Nelson, fest. I mean, he is. I'll give him credit. He's, he's, he's crafty. He's a lunatic, but... You know, he's always waiting for you. To, oh. <laughs> we know you're waiting to crap on your teams that you. Um, all right, not a team. Rashawn Gary's not a team. Six oh, he'll be he's in the Hall brand. of Fame someday. A, uh, a bad brand. Six oh eight three two one sixteen seventy. Want to weigh in? Uh, we come back. Yes. Can I just say one more thing? If you have your uh, own logo, I don't know why I'm letting you do this. Um, what are you talking yeah. about? Tiger Woods has his own logo, and he's a douche. But I like him. Um, let's see. People Tom have their Brady's own. Tom Brady's got his own logo. Top. 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 Tom Brady's, Tom Brady's a douche, but definitely I like him. not a douche. He's the man. He's a total douche, but I love him.